So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Cosmic Queries Edition. Co-host Chuck Nice, Chuck. Hey, hey, Neil, what's happening? Feeling good today? Absolutely, man. So today's Cosmic Queries are they're all based on the moon. Really? And I know a little bit about the moon, you know, a little bit. You're but, being but modest, bro. No, no, no. I know it as an astrophysical object. Okay. I don't I don't what know. More? Wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> What more is there? It's an astrophysical <laughs> no. object. No, 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 no. That is Excuse what me. you do. I, yes. However, it's also a geological object. Aha. So people who think about rocks and minerals and, and, and silicious rocks and, right. all, and cratering, yeah. there are people who have that expertise, and that's who we have on this show right now. Oh. Raquel Nuno. Raquel, welcome to Star Talk Cosmic Queries. Hello, it's such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Excellent, excellent. And so you are a doctoral candidate at UCLA and uh, University of California, mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Right? Yeah. Is what that stands for. And how, so much, how much does your mother pay somebody that gets you in there? <laughs> 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 what, what, what is your mom, what sport did your mom list. lie about this? <laughs> UCLA was on the list. It's my daughter, Raquel, she's an archer. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, well, I guess we'll find out, Chuck, what kind of expertise she actually has. Um, so you're, you're in the Department of Earth and Planetary Sciences? Mm-hmm. Excellent. And uh, you're a doctoral candidate, so we expect your PhD in, within a couple of years, perhaps? Hopefully within the next year. My, my advisor told me he wants me out by June, so... Oh yeah, well that that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I keep it, having it, babies during grad school, so it's delayed the process a little bit. But I think he's he's like, you're ready. Just just. Well, get if you have babies world. during graduate school and you yeah. successfully graduate graduate school, that's then it. You got that done, right? And now you. By the way, yeah, you, know, you get something called degree plus. So <laughs> that's right. Yes. It's got to be some. Yeah, you get extra. You get a p. You get a PhD. Plus. Like plus. There's Disney Plus and yes, all right, exactly. Plus. Exactly. <laughs> well, congratulations on, on pulling all that off. And but just in particular, uh, you know, to the astrophysicist and to the biologist, the moon is just kind of a dead place. And it's and it's, you know, it's just there's no color. It's and and yet this is the subject of your PhD thesis. So what's up with that? What do you see that we don't see? <laughs> So it is my goal to change your mind with this yeah, thank you. Thank cosmic fairy episode. All for it. <laughs> nice. So it actually turns out that we don't know very much about the moon. We know something, but um, we still don't know how it formed. We think we know, but it, it's not a solved case. And so what's really interesting to me is I've always looked at the moon. You know, we see it, and when we go at night, we see the moon, and it's beautiful. So it's always been a thing for me to appreciate. And I think that's what's so appealing for me, the moon, is that I've I've seen it ever since I was a child and just wonder, like, what is it? Is there, are there beings on there? But of course, there's not. There's there's no life on the moon. Um, But um, it's, 
it's something that has been with the earth since the almost since the beginning of the earth. So everything that the earth has experienced, essentially the moon has witnessed. And I like to think of the moon as a witness plate to what has happened here on earth. Chuck, Chuck, can I can I get a witness? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello, I'm the moon. I like to watch. <laughs> Get a witness. So, so, Raquel, you make a fascinating sort of point of scientific romance where you have an object of interest that you study, and when you go home, there it is in the sky. Oh, yeah. Just, and it's there to remind you to come back the next day, I guess. Because so much of science involves things you can't see, it's too far away, you need a big telescope, and you have it right there as this um, daily well, poke. And it's the only place where we've actually been. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, so. but even so, we hard know hardly anything. We, 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 we've landed in six spots <laughs> on the moon. Imagine landing in six spots on Earth and saying, yeah, I got wow. Earth. We got Earth all sewn up. You know? Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's, it's, it's kind of cool that we can go there. Like, I'm surprised that we haven't gone back more and more to but find out It's not out that we more. can go there, it's that we once went there. Uh, we don't know how to go there today. We got nothing that will get us there. So. What? Why are you serious? Yes, dude. Come on. We can't, we can't go to the moon today. That's why, for most of the last 40 years, the comment, we can go to the moon, but we can, we can put a man on the moon, we can't. And the answer is we actually can't any longer put a man on the moon. Damn. On the moon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. this this show has depressed the hell out of me. <laughs> okay. Well, no, Raquel is here to sort of to brighten our day. All right. Figure out exactly. what's going on. Well, the first- you've got the questions. Raquel, we solicited questions from our fan base yep. on okay. our social media platforms. Chuck has them. I haven't seen them. Nope. Okay. So what do you have, Chuck? So let's get to it. Let's start off with Patreon. Uh, we always start with a Patreon patron. Because they give us money. They pay. That's they right. So pushes them to the front of the line. There you okay. go. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's the American way. There you go. <laughs> um, this is Trace, Tracy uh, Scrubbut. Um, and she says, what is the most surprising thing we've discovered from studying the moon rocks and samples that we brought back from the moon? Also, have there been any unmanned missions to collect more Samples. Mm. So I will answer that second question because it'll be quick. Yes, there have been uh, uncrewed uh, samples collected from the moon by uh, USSR. They brought back, I think it was about a, about a pound of rocks and dust from the moon. Whereas oh, wait, a pound moon weight or a pound earth weight? Ah. <laughs> I see what you did there. See what I see. What I, I, like I see. see what, what you there. did there. <laughs> whereas, no, but go on. Go uh, on. Whereas the Apollo missions brought back, I think it was around nine hundred pounds of of rock. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the Soviet Union brought back a very small amount. But if you actually, if you go online and try to buy moon dust, so you can't buy and you can't sell Apollo moon rocks and dust. It's illegal. But you can buy the. Uh, the Soviet collected moon dust and rocks on the web <laughs> somewhere. Of Russian, course you can. Russian moon dust. Right. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. if you have enough money, you can also buy a nuclear <laughs> warhead from Russia. <laughs> so, okay, so that's interesting. So if they had a sample return mission, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, okay, now that. for the first question, what was it? it? Was What was the most surprising and interesting? Right, from studying moon rocks and samples, what, what did we learn that, oh, that was absolutely shocking? So we had no idea how the moon formed at the time. Uh, this, there's a famous scientist, Yuri, who he, his idea, and a lot of people. I bet he was it. a Russian scientist. <laughs> <laughs> see, see how smart I am? figured that out. Let me let me just think. He's a Russian scientist, Yuri. Yes. Okay. So, what did Yuri say? But he believed that the moon was a very ancient, like it was made up of primordial dust and rock from the beginning of the solar system. So he thought that just these rocks had kind of stuck together and ended up here on the moon so that nothing had ever happened to the moon. It just a bunch of pile of rock from beginning of the solar system stuck together. Um, And this was actually kind of good because people wanted to go to the moon to collect a sample of, of what the solar system started out to be. And why can't we do that on Earth? Because presumably we formed at the same time. We did, but what has happened is we have melted. 
we have we have been completely reprocessed. Our surface of, of the Earth has been completely reprocessed. So that's why when we when we collect certain types of meteorites, uh, they're called chondrites. We're very excited because that is made up of the of the primordial dust and and particles from the beginning of the, the solar beginning. system. So we can learn about what what it looked like when it when so, it was so all because started Earth out. Is, because Earth is geologically active, that's it right. Contaminates your the purity of what you, you, see. you change it. It becomes okay, different okay. minerals. It becomes mm-hmm. yeah, completely different. And so mm-hmm. we thought that the moon was just this gigantic piece of primordial dust and rock. And when we the Apollo astronauts went there, collected rocks, it, it turned out that the moon has had an incredible geologic history. It has melted. The, the moon was at some point completely melted. It was, it was covered in, in magma, magma ocean, that's what we call it, and com- differentiated and ended up differentiated. So the, the heavy stuff sunk to the bottom, forming the, an iron core, and then the light material, the light minerals and, and rocks floated to the surface, and that's what you What's see. the difference between magma and lava? Okay, so magma is lava that hasn't erupted out of, mm. of, of its source. So you have a different word for where you find the stuff, right? right? So if it if it comes out of, of the of the surface and becomes lava, uh, if okay. it's still trapped underneath and melted, then it's it's magma. That's so what one, they call it. So w- whatever whatever geological thing it is, once it gives birth, now it's it gives birth to lava. Yes. So it goes from being <laughs> okay. a fetus. But the to fetus a baby. is magma. That's right. right. Okay. Got it. Okay. That's right. Um. Keeping with the maternity theme of the show. I, I just had a baby a month and a half ago, so I got well, I know, baby. great. Right. How many kids do you have? How many kids? Three. That was my third. Uh, three kids. Wow. Three little lavas. That's so lovely. And, and they're spilling all over the house, too. Everywhere. Right Everywhere. Probably. Everywhere. Nice. Um, All right. Yeah, so so we learned that the, the, the moon has has had an incredible geologic history. It had been process it had been melted and minerals different types of minerals formed and it made us think about okay so it didn't form the way we thought it did so how did it form hmm. okay so that's so so <laughs> so your biggest surprise was not a question that it answered it was a question that it left you not knowing the answer to that's wow. right and i think that's the most exciting thing yes when okay. you have more questions when things don't lead to the answer and you have more more things to explore. All right. So what are the questions you got, Chuck? Uh, here's Robert Weaver, uh, also from Patreon. And Robert says, my daughters, Lila and Peyton, would like to know how come the moon has so many craters and the earth doesn't have any. Um, and I'm going to say, Robert, you tell Lila and Peyton to go look it up. We're not here to do their homework. <laughs> go Google it. Go Next go. question. Next question. All right. I, I love that question. Um, so actually, the, the Earth does have craters. So we have about, I think it's about 150 recognized craters on the surface of the Earth. But because, like I said, the Earth is very geologically active. We have plate tectonics that's causing the plates to subduct underneath each other. You essentially erase the history of what has happened in the past on Earth. And the other thing we have, we have an atmosphere. So certain rocks, if they're small enough, they just burn up in the atmosphere. They never enter, uh, they never hit, hit the ground. Whereas on the moon, anything that hits it, if it's a large enough size, it's going to create a crater. Uh, and then we also have wind, which erodes any evidence of, of past craters. We have water that also erases evidence. And even life, little critters making their homes underground collapse uh, crater features here on Earth. So that's why we don't see them. We've had them and we have them. Um, there's actually a beautiful crater in Arizona called Meteor Crater that formed about 50,000 years ago. And it, it's one of the best, I think it might be one of the best preserved crater on Earth. And you can really, it, you can see it. And it's cool, yeah. You preserved not because there was a preservation society, but because <laughs> it, it was in the desert, that's right? right. That's right. There, there's right. not much more rain. Exactly. And, and it's a geologically dead area, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. So, so the oh. Earth is basically a contaminated crime scene. You can never, <laughs> it's, it's, you never know what's going on. It's, it's constantly being bleached. 
being right. really sober. <laughs> okay, you just but, made but, me. But, you just made me nervous, Raquel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, a, wait, you know but, a lot about cleaning up a crime scene. <laughs> I, I used to be in the military, she, and I she was, went straight worked, to that. Right? I went. I worked in a medical laboratory, so I'm like, I. Uh, I know about cleaning, cleaning. Okay, things. all right, cleaning the evidence. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's very. But, but cool. what you're meaning to, to just to summarize, I think, is if we didn't have these cleansing, pro- these evidence removing uh, processes, we would look just like the moon. That's right, just okay. like it. Every, everything okay. that this is what I meant by the moon being a witness plate is everything that because we're in the same part of the solar system exactly, together. Exactly, exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, Chuck. Give me some more. All right. Um, let's see here. This is hmm. hmm uh, Canadian. Nope. Canadian. Very funny the way they spelled it. This is Canadian from Patreon. Hello, Neil. But Chuck, Ch- stop blaming how people spell things on the fact that you can't pronounce their names. Uh, the, what else am I going to blame it on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this person is this, exactly. it's messing with me. Please, as much as I butcher names, I'm telling you, I got to find a way to, you know, <laughs> I got to have some excuse. All right. Hello, Neil, Chuck, and Raquel. Uh, if future moon missions end up drilling into the surface and extracting a core sample like we do on Earth, what do you think we might find? How far down do you believe the rock layer extends before we start hitting cheese? Okay. <laughs> uh, or oil. Yeah, one right, of the other. Exactly, right, exactly. They both have value. Yes, right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> Oh man! As much as I love cheese and wish I could eat some moon cheese, uh, I, I think we'd have to go pretty far down to not find it. Ah, <laughs> nice job! Wait, I like the misdirection. I like the misdirection. Yeah, what makes you think the surface isn't cheese? Huh? Yeah, yeah. But right, but it but, turns what, out there what, are what, layers. There are. Yeah, I was going to say, what what we find if we actually pull the core out? Yeah, well, it depends on how far you go, but the moon is a differentiated body. So like I said before, it's melted and it's it's been separated. The heavy stuff sank to the bottom and the light stuff's at the top. So what you have, you have a core in the center, you have your mantle, and then you have your crust like here on Earth. But just to be clear, when people, you know, we think of rocks as heavy things because they go to the bottom of a pool. But when you think of rocks, you think of light things. Because right. metal things are heavier than rocks are. That's right. Or that's, denser. Right, that's, right. They are, they're more dense, so they... Yeah, you right. say, oh, the light things float <laughs> to the top. They're rocks. What the boulders. What the hell are you talking about? Okay. You're right. Yeah, no, that's... I have a very different perspective of... Because you're a geologist. Yeah, you're, you're probably another species of person. <laughs> okay. Uh, but on, on top of the crust, we have what's called the regolith. So because the moon has been bombarded by, you know, billions of years of rocks hitting its surface, it's, it's broken up the rocks that were there before. And so there's this powder... Uh, of dust on the surface that that it, it I think it's between five and ten meters on top. So so it's not a matter of uh, breaking apart the rocks; it's like completely pulverizing pulverizing them. Yes. 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 Turns yes. it into powder. That's even. right. Is this the same stuff they try to get? They couldn't get off yes. the, the spacesuits. That's right. So it ends up being very sharp because there's no water or anything to round out the corners. The these fragments are so sharp that when they stick to you, it's like impossible to get them off. Um, mm. And we uh, we actually we have samples in our lab. There's people in our lab that study the optical properties of, of the regolith. And um, the samples that we got were removed from the astronauts' spacesuits. So they brushed, they were trying to save everything they can because it's wow. such precious material. <laughs> so yeah, it costs $100 zillion to get to the that, moon. You don't want right. to leave anything in the trash can. So when yeah. they brought, you know, the astronauts came back, they got their suits and, and brushed off their dust. And, and we actually used that for scientific research. And you can find little fibers in there. It's funny. And it's not mixed with their dandruff or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that would be so cool. That'd be an interesting thing. It's like, oh, you don't use head and shoulders? <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more Star Talk Cosmic Queries with Raquel Nuno when we return. Mm. 
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. We're back, Star Talk Cosmic Queries. This episode on the moon. The moon is a geological object, not just a pretty thing in the nighttime sky. Chuck. But we don't mind that. We don't mind that it's a pretty thing in the nighttime sky. That's right. That that works. That works. And we have Raquel Nuno, who's a doctoral candidate at UCLA, studying the moon, coming to it as a geologist. And that's a whole other species of scientist, as far as I'm concerned, because you all see the world very differently from the astrophysicist, you know, you, you look at the moon, you see rocks on the moon. I look at the moon, I just see a beautiful orb in the sky. That's all I, that's, that, that's where it ends for me. And then I go to, and then I go to Mars to look for life, see? <laughs> so Chuck, you got more questions. Sure, sure mm-hmm. thing. This is uh, from Kevin Kalakikamaka. Nailed you made it. That up. You just made that up. Nailed it. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. He said, "I okay. mean, it says right. it says Kevin Kalakikamaka, I think." But, okay. Uh, and, and if it is Cal, uh, Kevin Kalakikamaka, then I say uh, aloha. Um, okay. Uh, he says, um, uh, "What is it when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie?" <laughs> no, I'm joking. He does not say that. <laughs> he did not say that. Okay. Okay. Here's what he says. Can the <laughs> can the moon have a moon, and can that moon have a moon as well? I think this is a question more for Neil, but maybe you know too, Raquel. Do are there any? Because this is really kind of a really interesting question. Are there any instances that we find in the cosmos where a moon also has its own satellite? So we, I don't think we found one yet, at least definitely not in our solar system, but it is theoretically possible to have a moon of a moon. And there's a a paper that came out, I think they called it a submoon or moon moon, depends on, I think there was a thing on Twitter where people on Twitter were like, no, we want moon moon because it hasn't been named officially yet. Right. Uh, So, um, but yeah, so theoretically you can have a moon of a moon, but I think what the problem is, is that, um, you have to have the right conditions because if, for example, I think if it's the moon is too close to the parent body, like the planet, you can just destabilize its orbit and it will either spiral out of, of orbit or into the planet. So, um, Neil, do, do you have any more insights about that? Yeah, yeah, I agree entirely. Yeah, it's a matter of, uh, I mean, just just think it through. So if, let's say our moon had a moon, right? And so it's going around our moon. Think as it comes to this side, Earth's gravity on it will be stronger, much stronger than it is on the other side. 
So here's this satellite that's getting tugged asymmetrically as it's trying to orbit the moon. And this creates conditions for very unstable orbits. When you have an unstable orbit, your, your, your future is doomed, either, as, as Raquel said, to fall into the Earth or to spiral off spiral into infinity. Off, right. So you need, uh, in order to have a, a, one of these three-body systems, what you would need is a very big separation uh-huh. between the planet and the moon so that an object can go around that moon and not have the difference in gravity be so great. That's what the moon and Earth is relative to the sun. Right. Okay? If, if Earth is a moon of the sun, then the moon is a moon moon of the sun. Okay? But that's okay because we're really far away from the sun. So, so, so you can do the math on the, the fabric of the, of the stable orbits, and you can see where you can put objects where they can stay and where you can put objects where they're unstable. So. See, and now I am really, not that I could do the math because I couldn't, but now I'm just thinking, how cool would it be to create a solar system mathematically where you could actually have a planet, a planet, the moon, its moon, and they all are in orbit so that the gravity pulls just at the right time to keep everything in balance, like like those plate spinners on the, you know, like... Raquel, Chuck has always wanted to be God. You see yeah. what he's trying to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he, these are ambitions that he's had. Okay. I don't think he's, All right. He, he okay. has a long way to go, I think. Okay. It's on the right uh, path, that, though. I like these ideas. But was, it is fun, Chuck, the, the, there are these orbit programs yeah. where you try to create a solar system and you you might be surprised how hard it is yeah because you I want to put a planet here at this speed nope that's going to fall into the sun right. and so there's only a speed that works at a distance in in whatever is the shape of the orbit that it has so uh, in fact the solar system uh, correct me if I'm wrong Raquel uh, recent models suggest that we might have started out with as many as 30 planets right. in the formation scenario most of which have spiraled off into yeah. interstellar space wow. is that about the right number 30 is that a fair number to use that rings right, and it seems reasonable. But yes, that that was. The yeah, idea. I think that the takeaway is there's more planets that we don't have that we than we currently have. Right. right. That are that have been ejected out. Ejected into, out. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. That is super cool. Okay. Here we go. Um, Morgan Tanji, also from Patreon. Um, if there's no weather or atmosphere on the moon, where does the ice come from? Mm-hmm. Ooh, because we learned about ice. There's ice on the moon. Aha. 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 So you all, you all just thought you knew everything, but you don't. There's ice. So there. <laughs> There's still so much to learn. <laughs> <laughs> we think there are thunderstorms on the far side. You just can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. Yeah. So, so what's up with the water on the moon? Yeah, so there's different um, sources of water on the moon, Um they can come from uh, comets and and meteorites that bring water to the surface of the moon. Um, you also have what I think is really cool is the sun, the solar. So the sun is spewing this massive amount of of charged particles called the solar wind, and protons from the solar wind hit the surface of the moon. So hit oxygen that that's on the rocks, hit the rocks, and and, and bond with oxygen, forming water, like hydrated minerals. Wait, the proton is the nucleus of a hydrogen atom. Yes, that's right. So it's hydrogen. Hydrogen, combining with the oxygen in the rocks, forming hydrated minerals, forming water at at the surface of of the moon. Um, And there's actually... So wait a minute. Is this like water out of thin space? That's right. Yes. (laughs) What? The water just got conjured out of particles. Right? It's like, wow. You're just looking for the the moon to have a wand. Just like, it's Priyama. Right? Water. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, And and there's actually one other place that we get water from. And that's actually from the interior of the moon. And we didn't know this until recently. Um, they, they did, there's these, they call them glass beads. They're just volcanic glasses that from the samples collected from the Apollo, by the Apollo astronauts. And when you slice them open and look inside, um, you actually find trapped water molecules inside those, those, those glass beads. So that tells you that there is water, there at least 
in the past when these when the moon was geologically active, there was water trapped within the mantle. Okay, but it gets very hot during the day. Why doesn't all that just evaporate? Oh, that's a good question. So, see, Chuck, I asked a good question. You I was, did. I, you know what? I, I didn't, got that compliment. I didn't want to. I didn't want to break up the flow. But I was about to say, <laughs> it better be a good question. <laughs> like, could you imagine if Neil asked a question and you were like, "What a crap that's ass a question that was." <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm glad I didn't do that. Wait, did Neil deGrasse Tyson just ask me that? <laughs> the dumbass. <laughs> what? Okay. All right. Yes. Sorry. But so, go ahead. bad question. So, um, what ends up happening is there's these places at the poles, these craters at the poles of the moon, so at the top and at the bottom, um, that haven't seen sunlight. They're so deep. And they, because of the way that the moon rotates, they haven't seen sunlight for billions of years. So it's very cold. It actually turns out to be one of the coldest places in the solar system, actually even colder than the surface of Pluto. And so if water ends up there, um, it gets trapped essentially forever for, for billions, millions of years. And that's where the ice is. That's where, where, where we think that the ice is, is trapped inside these, we call them permanently shattered regions because they're so cold, essentially nothing can escape it. Raquel, you can say it. The water is where the sun don't shine. Yeah. <laughs> you can say it. That's exactly There's an expression right. for that, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess if you're on the poles, the sun never gets very high in the sky. That's right. And so you can have a crater lip Mm-hmm. That permanently shadows because the shadows are very long by the low sun. That's right. And that, that, those pockets are where you're talking about. That's right. That's so, what we so if we're going to have colonies on the moon and want to use in situ resources, we got to have some access to these to these craters at the poles. That's right. In order to get the water. And that's a lot of a lot of mission concept designs have been to go to these crater rims, so you can you still have access to sunlight to power your equipments, yeah. uh, and also now you have these permanently shadow regions where you can go and collect the ice that we think is there. Okay. The moon is sounding a little more interesting. Yeah. Right? I, I, I got to tell you. Right? So, so now when, let's, I just have a question. So when you, the water that we're talking about that uh, in the form of ice, whether it's deposited there or it, it, it uh, just forms, <laughs> is it, is it, is it potable? Is, I mean, is it like, is it like, is it just water? Can we drink it or is it, you know, something else. Uh, it, so it's, it is water, but it's probably mixed in with the, that I'm regolith, saying, that mo- moon. So it's got dirt. all that mineral and all the other crap is That's in there, right. too. So you, you might yeah. need to uh, bring some, some filters with you if you're going to drink that You would that need water. some machine to, to, to scoop up the regolith and have some, you know, a spigot at the end, but something's going to have to process it. Too. That's right. Because, because a lot of these, is it true? A lot of these are just sort of isolated or just a few water molecules. Yeah, I and... Mean, at the surface, yes, yes, yeah. it's it's pretty much just like a coating on these minerals that you have some coating of, of right. water. So you need to go to these permanently shattered regions where we think there's large amounts of, of water ice, but we don't know okay. how much. And and that's actually a really exciting field of research is is sending more spacecraft or, or you know, people try to figure out what what is happening in these regions. Cool. So if I went back to the moon, I'd want to go to near one of those coal traps and I start would. digging around. Yeah. I bring my ice skates too, maybe. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Play some moon hockey. <laughs> moon, moon hockey, whoa. I like it. I like it. All right, Chuck, what else you got? All right. Uh, this is Evan Wells from Patreon who says mm-hmm. this. Dr. Tyson and Dr. Soon-to-be Nuno. I've been waiting for this topic for a very long time as I'm a big fan of the moon as well as planetary geology. Do you two personally believe in Thea. Is that correct? Am I saying it right? Thea, Thea, T-H-E-I-A. The most logical theory of the moon's origin. Are there any other examples that you can recall of the moons that that are exceptionally close to their planet, such as our moon, Uh, looking at different other moons in the the solar system? Uh, Thanks and so much respect uh, from the Space Coast. Oh, so down in Florida. Yes. Uh, very excellent. Uh, that's a really great question, which we don't have time to answer until oh, we no. come back from this break. Okay. See what I did there? I teased that. That's what the, pr- the pros do that. <laughs> We're going to be right back. Star Talk, Cosmic Prairies, The Moon. Hey, 
Hey, we'd like to give a Patreon shout out to the following Patreon patrons, David Frederick and Jennifer Eichen. Guys, thank you so much for all that you do to make Star Talk a success. And if you would like your very own Patreon shout out, go to patreon.com slash startalkradio and support us. We're back with Chuck Nice, my co-host, Chuck. Yes, yes. And our special guest today, Raquel Nuno. And Nuno, I feel I'm, I have Hispanic background, and so to say Nuno feels wrong. I know. Me. I hear you struggling with it, too. It's yeah, so funny. Nuno. So you, you have a Portuguese root. I do, right? yeah. It, that's born, raised, my whole family's been there for So So they years. don't have an enye in Portugal? No, we don't. So if you want to make that sound, it would be an N and then an H afterwards. That's how we oh. make the ny sound. Nya. Yeah, but my, yeah. my name is just Nuno with just an Nuno. N. Nuno, okay. Nuno. All right, where we left off, Chuck, there was a question about uh, Thea. Yeah. Is that correct? So yeah. Evan Wells wants to know this. Do you two personally believe in Thea? And the other thing is, are there moons in the solar system that are like our moon? So um, can, for, so the whole idea of Thea, can, we, can you let me in on that, yeah. please? Sure. So the idea was that a Mars-sized object, then, which we're calling Thea, um, impacted an early Earth. And it was such a massive uh, impact that sprayed all this material out into space and that it condensed out and formed our moon. So that's the idea. So Mars-sized object called Thea hit the Earth and formed the moon. Uh, Just to be clear, Thea is gone. Yes. Yes, and so some became Earth Mm-hmm. And the rest became the moon, and some scattered wherever else. Okay. That's right. That's right. So now, wait a minute. For this to happen, these that thing would have to be super, super hot. Like, you know what I mean? So Chuck, you'll get hot just from the it collision. It gets hot. Yeah, it gets hot. Oh, so the, the collision that does. Oh that's yeah, you get that for free. Oh, you get that for free. Oh, that's super cool. <laughs> you yeah. have to order that. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. And that's Excellent. actually that's what would cause all the that impact. So then, when the moon formed and all these pieces came together, um, it heated up the surface of the moon, and that's what, how we got that magma ocean. It completely oh. melted. So, you, yeah, you get energy just from things. You get heat from things hitting each other. Wow. All right. So what's, so what's the status of that hypothesis? Is it embraced? So, yeah, I mean, it's the best we got. Thea. I, I read it. I read it. It was like, yeah, that, I'll go with that. It's yeah. fun to talk about. And, and on multiple occasions, people said, if I could go anywhere in the universe— where would I go? And I said, does that include time? And they said, uh, sure. I said, I want to go back and watch Thea hit the earth and amazing. see the moon get formed. Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. So, so you're saying it's got good support by your people? It definitely has su- good support. So we know that early in the solar system, giant impacts like this were very common. So it makes sense that this would have happened to us. Um, and they would produce moons and, and disks. And the... There's other pieces of evidence in geologic record. So um, the moon actually lacks iron in bulk. So what we think happened is when Thea hit the Earth, the, its core, the core of Thea kind of sank into our Earth. And what you ended up having is the, the mantle stuff. So the stuff without the, the, the iron to, to form the moon. So then there's the evidence for against it is the fact that the moon rocks are so similar to the ones here on Earth. Um, you would expect that you would see some evidence of Thea somewhere, and we don't. So there, we, we do not have any evidence of, of Thea material here on, the, here on Earth or on the moon. So we need an explanation as to why that is and how that so happens. So if you found an asteroid stream around the sun, and you looked at its ingredients, and they matched some combination of Earth and the moon, that could be the remains of Thea. That's right. Orbit still orbiting the sun. That is right. But how do you form two objects that are essentially identical? So that would mean that the moon, that that Thea and the Earth were very similar to begin with. To begin with, okay. And we, we have a very hard time with models making that happen. It's very mm-hmm. hard because when we look at, at other objects, other planets, asteroids, everything is really different. You can, you can find the fingerprint for each of these bodies and 
we really wow. can't with the Earth mm. and the Moon. So, are, what other Moon in the solar system comes closest to matching oh. our own? Well, I guess it depends on what you're trying. What do you mean by closest? So. Uh, if, if you're talking about size, so the moon is very big compared to the Earth. Because when you look at other moons in the solar system, the planets are huge compared to the size of their moons. Well, um, it's not only big compared to Earth, it's big compared to anything. Anything, that's right. All the other, if you line up all the moons, our moon is like in the top side of it's that. It's huge, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's it's very, it's weird. Moon is Way weird. to go, Earth. Yeah, weirdly uh, huge. But... Um, uh, Pluto, I know it's not a planet, uh, has a moon <laughs> that... Hold me back. Let me start. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but yeah. it has a moon that is very large compared to Pluto itself. So in that sense, it, it is similar to our system. Our Earth-Moon system is similar to the Pluto-Sharon system because of the size, the size ratios between the planet and, and the mm-hmm. moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Chuck, Super keep going. Cool. Here we go. This is Will. Uh, from Twitter, he says, do you think there is bacteria still alive in the Apollo missions? Oh, God. Leavings, I will say. Uh, the the bags that they had to leave. Uh, if there is none that have survived, what would that mean for future deep space travel? So I'm guessing, oh, I think I know. Okay, I think, yeah, I, think yeah. I know the question. Okay. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. So it, they did do that. <laughs> they you mean did these, leave... these poop bags? Yes, yes, the poop bags. Yes. Okay. See, because you can say that, Neil. When I say poop bags, people go, Chuck. Chuck. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay so here we go. I'll restate it. Right? Uh, um, these poop bags. <laughs> uh, describe for me the bacterial composition of these poop bags. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. <laughs> so, so the question was, uh, there. do I think there's any bacteria still Is, alive? Yeah, would there be any bacteria still? So? Wait, wait, just to be clear, they left it on the surface of the moon? They did. Wait, uh, wait, you have to carry your poop out of our national parks or something. <laughs> there's, there's, some places, there's some places that are so preserved, you can't, you can barely pee on a tree right. by scraping it off and taking it out of the park with you. And we can leave poop on the moon? I know. Yeah, these, know. these, these astronauts are like the neighbors that I have because I live next door to a doggone dog park, okay? <laughs> They're worse okay, than my I, neighbors. Raquel, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, if you had a choice, would you want to bring poop back to Earth or rocks back to the Earth? That is true. It's a trade-off, isn't so it? So you want to bring, you know. Yeah, I'm, bring, I'm bringing the rocks. You're bringing the right. rocks. So weight is a very important thing when it comes to space travel and space exploration. So you're going to try to maximize the quality of the weight that you're actually transporting. <laughs> um, I don't think that there's bacteria alive. So I know that um, the the poop bags, bags um had germicidal in in them to actually kill bacteria. So the the bags themselves, I think they had to tear these pouches and and pour it into the um, and mix mix the the stuff. TMI. With, T- yeah. TMI. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 there's a, but there's other other reasons why I don't think it's alive. Uh, nothing's alive in there. You radiation is a really big challenge in mm. in, in space. So it's probably been completely irradiated for all, the, all these years. So this is radiation because it has no atmosphere to protect That's it. Right. So and anything coming hits the it surface. It hits it, yeah. yeah. And okay. also the heat. So the surface of the moon can get as hot as, I think, 260 degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah. you essentially have probably co- cooked everything that was in Baked the poop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting... A specialty the, in some parts. <laughs> getting the feeling that after this conversation, there will be several young people who are like... Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. No, no, no. We need, we need astronauts. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. This is Whoopsie Doodle. Um, you can pronounce that one, Chuck. Yeah. Yes, you're damn right. <laughs> Finally, somebody who likes me. <laughs> uh, Whoopsie Doodle says, Dr. Tyson and Raquel and hi, Chuck. My question is, can you explain what is... The dark side of the moon. Mm. So, there is no dark side of the moon. Um, There, next question. (laughs) (laughs) Raquel said it, we're done. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was easy. Uh, but a lot of that people don't know that. A lot. So we don't have a dark side. It's only a side that we never see because the moon is tidally locked to the earth. So, but it, it's not dark. It gets it gets sunlight. Um, just and so like Gary Larson side. did it right with the name of his column was The Far Side. That's right. And Pink Floyd got it wrong That's where the name of the album was The Dark Side. That's right. That's yeah. This so, is a measure of science literacy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we call it The Far Side. That's what we called it. What nice. we, a lot of people know right. as The Dark Side. Yeah, it's dark to us. That's it. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. So, uh, Manuel uh, Delgato, and it's actually Delgato. Wow, Delgato, there it is. Manuel Delgato from Instagram says, in the film Time Traveler, the moon breaks apart due to mining. What would happen to the Earth if the moon broke apart? By the way, that's that's uh, I think the Umbrella Academy. That's that's the destruction of the Earth too. The piece of the moon breaks off and destroys the Earth. But what what would we be? It's also true in the movie Melancholia. Mm. The the moon uh, approaches Earth and then they collide. Mm. Wow! And everyone dies. My my favorite book called Seven Eves that happens in the first page as well. In the first page, the well, first book, page. Then. I was going to say <laughs> the moon breaks up. <laughs> And it picks up from there. <laughs> <laughs> and they live happily ever. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so but what would we, what are we without the moon? It would be a very bad time on Earth if, if the moon broke up. So the energy between the pieces breaking up and hitting each other would destabilize their orbits and they would end up crashing into the earth and that would be bad very very bad as we know happened to the dinosaurs um with much smaller pieces than with much smaller pe- the, yeah. yeah so it would uh, the earth we wouldn't survive life might not even survive if that were to happen um but if you don't even take that into account, so let's we don't worry about pieces falling into into Earth. The the Moon provides the Earth with a very stable orbit, so um, our, we don't tilt. The Earth doesn't tilt very much because it has the the Moon there to stabilize its orbit. So that's why we have very mild seasons. So if we didn't have the Moon there, our seasons would we would have years, thousands of years of ice ages, and then. Um, and life would not survive. The same thing actually happens on, on in Mars because Mars has small moons. They don't stabilize their orbit. So Mars is always tilting over periods of millions of years. And um, yeah, so bad, bad thing. But, but, but to be clear, this would not happen if you're just with normal mining techniques. You don't have enough energy to actually break up the moon. So we don't have to worry about that. Unless they find Roker for cheese and they pull it all out, that's half the mass of the moon. Totally just, that'll totally mess up the moon. We had, we confessed earlier in the show, you have to dig very deep to not find cheese. Said, well, I think you said that in the beginning of this program, didn't you? What, what do you think, Neil, if if the moon broke apart? like That's terrible, right, for the Earth? Yeah, but I, I think that our axis would go unstable on a period of time longer than we would. civilization. I mean, yeah. Yeah, tens of thousands of years, not just a few thousand. So I think the astronomers would love it because the moon completely messes up our night sky. We oh can't see God. anything when the moon, full moon is out. So I would love it for the time until we all died. It would be great. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> all right, that's funny. Yeah, well... Uh, right, Chuck, what do you have next? This is Desin, uh, Desimi from Twitter. says, what color is the moon really? Is it, is it all really gray? Are there features in different colors? And, and why? Why? Okay. So, uh, and then he says, Chuck, Chuck, you get 10 cosmic points if you say my name correctly. Well, guess what? <laughs> Keep your points. Because <laughs> you know damn well. Uh, let's see. Diceme. Uh, okay, that's all I can say. Maybe. That, that might be your name. Okay. Okay. There we go. So what do you have, Raquel? Well, it's really interesting is that how many people think that the moon is white or this very light gray color? You know, when I do outreach events, people, and I bring moon dust with me, people are like, whoa, it's so dark. I thought it was white. Uh, and it's not. It's actually very dark, 
thing in the sky. When you look up at the night sky, you see these different regions. So you have the dark and the light regions. And in the dark regions, those are ancient volcanic plains. So the, those rocks are, are, are like black lava rocks that you see in Hawaii or in Iceland. It, they're, they're almost as dark as a newly paved road. So it's, it's very, very dark. Those rocks are very dark. Um, and then the, the lighter region of the moon, um, those are the highlands. So those are made up of certain minerals that are lighter, but it's still a, a dark gray color. So um, the fact that the moon is so bright just means the sun is really bright on them. That's right. That's the only reason. And the other reason is, is, is a relative thing. It, when it's in our night sky, we look at it compared to a dark background. So it looks mm. even brighter to us. But, so yeah. what's around it is darker and that makes it look brighter. Yes. That is so right. cool. So now uh, I'm, I'm going to use the saying, black as the moon. Black as the moon. <laughs> black as the moon. <laughs> All right. I like it. Okay. All right, here we go. Um, this is Pratik Kotari. Um, Pratik wants to know this. Uh, what would it take to make the moon habitable? Uh, is it possible for a um, colony in the near future? Yes, you can have colonies uh, on the surface, but you have to uh, to mitigate all kinds of issues like the heat and the radiation. Um, but there, there's there's actually lava tubes on the on the moon that you can you can so you can go underground with colonies. Uh, which is really exciting, but you cannot terraform. So you cannot change the moon uh, to give it an atmosphere, uh, to have running water, because there's just not enough gravity to hold an atmosphere on the moon. Yeah, I don't think people think actively about that. You know, we take it for granted that there's air here available for us to breathe without thinking that the gravity of Earth is keeping the atmosphere on its surface. That's right. And so on the moon, the, the molecules will just escape. Absolutely. So you can have maybe very a very short time where you might have an atmosphere, but the solar wind and the will just blow it out of the way, just blow it out, and the gravity won't hold it in place. So what you're saying, apart from the dozen things that will kill you, you can easily just have a colony on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Ignoring those other complications, that's fine. All right. All right. I, we got to call it quits there. Aww. And Raquel, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I love talking about the moon. So. Oh, yes, I guess so. That's why we picked you out of the... <laughs> <laughs> that's why we did this. So, Chuck, always good to have you. Always a pleasure. Tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic. Thank you, sir. And, and Raquel, you're, you do public stuff. Or do you have active social media? I mostly use Instagram to do my science outreach. And your handle is? It's the space geologist. But, you know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Very on the nose. On the nose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Great to have you. Good luck. Thanks. This has been Star Talk Cosmic Queries, the Moon Edition. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, as always, bidding you to keep looking up.